Hey everyone, it's Joe. Welcome to another episode of the Future Business Analyst podcast. My guest today is Samuel Gazimbi, Business Analyst Consultant with Assurity Consulting. Now most people come on the show like me to say a little bit of good words about their business analysis expertise, but, but not Samuel. No, he wants me to let you know, avid footballista, Real Madrid. Um, welcome to the show, Samuel. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, thanks a lot, Joe, for having me. And hello, Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we've got enough to contend with, with the future of business analysis. So I, I'm not going to bring up the contentious um, topic of football and football uh, teams. Um, I love your story, Samuel. Um, I followed your story Closely, I think it's a great story. Uh, I've been fortunate. I've been blessed to be a part of your story at, at, at times as well. Um, but for those of people who perhaps don't know you so well, won't you just share a little bit of that? Just just recap sort of how you started and where you are today. Yeah, um, thanks a lot, Joe. Uh, I think maybe you might have understated uh, your role in that story. I think you're a very big part of. Uh, mine and a lot of other people uh, back home in Zimbabwe's story when we started off. But um, to your to answer your question, I think uh, my story kind of starts around about 2014, 2015. Um, I was working in an insurance and financial services company in Zimbabwe in Harare. And basically, I was working in IT support, um, mostly in infrastructure, a little bit of uh, system support, ETC, um, at that point in time. And I was kind of having um, to think about where I wanted to go with my career, like possibly in the next 20 years, where would I see myself maybe when I was turning 40, what kind of a job would I be doing? Okay. And to say the least, I, I mean, I wasn't overly excited to be carrying around network cables or, <laughs> you know, patching uh, switches and that kind of a thing. Uh, and be 40 years old. I think that was just not for me. Um, so I started to kind of think around what what could that future look like for me? I loved the stuff that we did in IT. I love how we powered the business and how, you know, everybody in business was kind of dependent on what we did to kind of get their stuff done. But I also kind of felt a sense of loss at the fact that we seemed so far away and removed from, you know, um, the influence and the opportunity to kind of uh, influence what the business was actually doing. And for me, I think that's where it begins because I started then researching, did I need to maybe leave my IT career behind in order to get maybe into some sort of a business role? Okay. Um, what could that future look like? And somewhere on the internet, I stumbled across this thing, which was called the business analysis. And to be honest, for me, I think when I first looked at it and read about it and stuff, it, it probably sounded or I thought it was maybe more business, less IT. Okay. But the more I kind of um, discovered it and um, I think connected with uh, you guys and the community that was in South Africa, because obviously in Zimbabwe, it wasn't a big thing yet. There wasn't a lot of um, activity, if any, around it. And yeah, connecting with you guys and trying to find other fellow practitioners in Zimbabwe is what basically led me down this path that I find myself in and I don't know, 
it's a long story. We should probably have a different conversation okay. around it. But uh, to summarize it, uh, I found John Newbit, I found Adrian, um, Ryan Foster, um, yeah, and the IIBA South Africa community. And basically, we salvaged some practitioners in Zimbabwe and started what became the business analysis community of Zimbabwe, now a registered chapter, I think approximately eight, nine years later. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's been quite a journey. It's, it's a remarkable story. I mean, like, well, well done to you for, for uh, founding the Zimbabwean chapter. As you say, you sort of, well, I don't, I'm not sure that salvage is the right word, but but you know, constructing <laughs> constructing the community that, that you have there is just. I mean, it really is. It really is incredible. Um, an incredible moment, I think. And I remember the passion the people there had for this. It, it was just quite incredible. Um, and, and and now I guess you brought us to the present day. Um, here we are. So so rather than looking to the past, let's perhaps cast our eye a little bit to the future um based yeah. on your experience you know you, that you've had in business analysis what sort of things can you see that perhaps lie ahead for us um i think generally for for business analysts i, I think at this point in time um i can say for sure that i've seen what's been a gradual shift i remember some of the first conferences I attended around BA, the, there was a very overarching talk around, you know, understanding what the role is. Um, it was very uh, technique focused. So there was a lot of, I don't know, maybe because that's where I was in my journey, but it felt to me there was a lot of discovery, you know, about BA, who are we, what's our, you know, what's our space, our place in this whole um, business and technology space. And I've I'd like to think that there's been a shift, in my opinion, in the past couple of years, I think a lot more post-COVID, towards what will business analysis be in the future? Possibly maybe because of the whole pandemic situation, people started kind of thinking about the future a lot more. And yeah, uh, obviously your career is a very big part of that. But I think um, what I see has changed and is kind of the conversation now is more about what will BAB in the future? Where do we find ourselves? People seem to have come to an acceptance of the general definitions of what the business analyst role is, where it fits in within um, the business um, uh, the, the business structures and what kind of value we bring. And now we're kind of looking at defining where to from here, what kind of influence can we have going into the future? So that's kind of been my experience of the evolution of um, where we've been and where we are with business analysis right now. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think we're at a crossroads, aren't we? I think there's a lot of thought that, that that's going into sort of, you know, what's next, because we are going through quite an incredible shift at the moment. Um, yeah. Just just, yeah. just from a human perspective, I think, with things like the pandemic that you've mentioned, but also from a technology perspective with things like AI, yeah. um, certainly on our, on our doorstep. Um, Let's talk about that a little bit about that definition of, of business analysis. To, to tell me, in your mind, what is it? Um, you did mention that sort of we've been struggling a little bit perhaps to sort of get an identity. So in terms of you finding your identity in business analysis, mm -hmm. what is that? Uh, well, for me, long story uh, short, Joe, and I'm afraid this might become a recurring thing. 
for me, business analysis is about value. Um, it's about discovering value. It's about facilitating the discovery of value. It's about managing that value, uh, you know, through the evolution or the delivery of that value. So whatever that may look like, it may be a technical solution, it may be process change, it may be, um, you know, strategy setting ETC. But I, I believe that business analysis is about facilitating a discovery of value, managing that value, and uh, possibly kind of planning um, for the future of that value, really. I don't know if that's a bit high level, if you want me to go a little bit deeper yeah. of what I think about that, but yeah. That's where well, I feel like business analysis sits for me. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm happy for you to, to steer this conversation wherever you'd like to, like to steer <laughs> it. My, my job here is really I just like a conversation with you. I'd like to understand what yeah. you see, what you've experienced, what you think. I've got, I think you've got yeah. tremendous experience, and, and I value um, what it is that, that, that you see. And using that yeah. word value, let, 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 me, let me focus on it for a while. I, I want to go back to that little bit of – perhaps not knowing our identity again as well. Um, yeah. I think BAs have often struggled to sort of say, this is who we are, this is what mm -hmm. we do, this, and get yeah. that value across to people. And I'm yeah. actually going to circle back to your beginnings here with the, with the chapter in Zimbabwe, because what I would be keen to hear from you is to grow a chapter you in a country that didn't really have much volume of business analysts you had to be yeah. quite persuasive you had to persevere <laughs> you had to influence and so part of that i assume and maybe you're going to tell me i'm wrong here but is getting across the value of business analysis to people so that you could create that community um what kind of guidance perhaps can you can you give me to sort of help convey value to the ears that might not quite understand what it is that we do yeah um i think you're you're absolutely right joe um it's a lot of uh, negotiating it's a lot of uh, influencing i think that's a big part of it um i think Number one for me was the fact that, um, and I'll kind of speak in reference to that whole experience, but also to answer your question. For me, number one was just having the the confidence, the knowledge, the security of being in, our, in my own skin, you know, as a business analyst. So literally, um, you're going to have somebody come and ask you, what is business analysis to start with? You know, and they probably genuinely do not have any idea of it. They have probably not encountered anybody who works in the space. And I think a big part of that is, number one, just knowing the constituency that you were working with. And um, for for us at that point in time in Zimbabwe, what I did know for a fact was that generally industry was always kind of looking forward, trying to catch on on the next trend, what could be next, whatever gives us the next advantage. So that was pretty useful, the fact that people are actively looking for that knowledge. And I think that also translates uh, to this part of the conversation for us as business analysts, I think we have a very good place to start from because generally people want to know what it is. And then the second thing was being able to kind of um, translate to something that's relatable to people. So okay. I know one of the things that maybe we are loath to do as practitioners, as business analysts, is probably liken ourselves to something 
else that we are not. And okay. I think people can kind of become pretty territorial, but, oh no, we're not this, we're a lot more this or something like that. But for me, again, the most important thing is, can I translate or can I transport this person from where they are to understanding what the business analyst does? And in that interaction, if I need to be something or to present myself as somebody differently, from what a pure BA is, just to get that conversation across the line, then I was happy to do that. So you'll find like in Zimbabwe, a lot of um, our conversations would probably start from a project management perspective because people are familiar with project managers. And then trying to explain to them like, uh, you know, the context that project managers work, they are going to work with software development teams, uh, if it's a software project that is. And then as a business analyst, this is where I'm going to come in. I'm not necessarily going to be the project manager and manage the time costs and all those things, but I'm actually more interested in delivering value between the business and the technology team. So once you kind of built a context around it that was relatable to the person that you're speaking to, then all of a sudden it becomes a conversation in which they're kind of interested in. And I think the other thing that I would say is kind of for those of us who get the opportunity, which is what I think I I did, I got an opportunity to lead the conversation. I think it's very important for us to be able to, you know, just be brave about it, go out there and have those conversations. Because what I found is once you start facilitating those conversations, a lot of people come out from the shadows and they relate. They're like, oh yeah, you know what? Actually, I think I've been doing business analysis, but at my job, we call it whatever other type of a role. Or oh, I think I recognize some of the tasks that you're talking about. And you know, you 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 give others an opportunity to come out of the the, the woodwork, so to speak, yeah. when you kind of shine the light. Yeah. And I think that's always going to be um, a call uh, for for business analysts. Sometimes we're, we're just going to need to take a step on that pedestal. It's it's pretty um, challenging. It can put you in a vulnerable position to hold views. You know how um, the world is maybe on LinkedIn, social media, etc. Holding a view, it can either consternate people or it can inspire them. But I think it's a responsibility that we need um, to carry through a bit more with the BA profession. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think having conversations and talking, as you say, it can polarise, right? Like some people can agree, yeah. some can disagree. Yeah. And um, yeah. that's okay. It sparks a conversation. I think through those conversations, we, we start to understand all of the nuances and all of the dis- different aspects of this. Because as you say, business analysis does happen under many different sort of names out there. Um, yeah. I also like to, yeah, it was a nice little tactic that you've got there. Um, it's not quite the analogy to use because business analysts aren't wolves, but it's a bit like a wolf <laughs> in sheep's clothing, isn't it? Like, I will go in as a project manager, but really underneath, I'm a business analyst. And then, as you say, the, the, job, the jobs in their goals are, are, are no different, yeah. really, are they? It's to, it's to create some change and to move people from point A to point B. Yeah. So I think that's a really good little um, wedge in that you had there. Yeah. Um, another couple of things that I liked um, what you said is one, having the skills and the confidence or having the confidence yeah. in, in, in your skills. And that made me think of like foundational skills, you know, transferable skills, the skills that will yeah. live on regardless. Um, what kind of skills into the future 
do you think we have now that are going to remain like a key part of what we do? I think the one that comes uh, top of mind for me is is skills around relationship building, primarily. And I think I pick this one more deliberately because I think a lot of times our conversations devolve into you know the technical stuff, the technology. Uh, what what techniques do you use to maybe do um, elicit, uh, requirements elicitation or to facilitate this and that? But for me, I think the biggest skills and power that we bring as as BAs is probably relationship building, being able to connect people together in projects, regardless of what their background is, what roles they are on the project to fulfill. Um, So I think that's a very fundamental skill that will carry on and that uh, we probably need to nature a bit more going into the future. I think another very big one is around um, uh, contextual thinking, you know, being able to bring about, to bring together different ideas and different perspectives and domain knowledge, uh, whatever technical tools and stuff that we have, and being able to pick the correct or the most um, applicable one at a moment in time. I think for me, those would be the two that I go to the most. Um, I try to kind of steer away from being maybe picking a specific technique or something like that and say, hey, look, I think maybe user stories, if we're talking about Agile, are going to be the way forward for me because I think those things always will evolve. Mm -hmm. And I think right now we are actually seeing a lot of evolution in the tool space. And what's been interesting for me to see as that has happened is kind of how an evolution in the tool space has had a ripple effect around BAs and kind of thinking, oh, what will we do now since tools can do this or AI has come into the picture? So what next for us? Is it the end of BA as we know it, ETC? I don't think maybe tools are necessarily our biggest um, asset that we bring to the table. I think relationship building and being able to think conceptually and uh, contextualize um, different issues and variables is, is very critical for us. Yeah, um, those soft skills, relationship building, um, rapport, uh, just just being able yeah. to hold um, conversations with people, probably having some compassion and empathy for them yeah. um, too, definitely there. So, okay, so a bigger focus on that. So, so you feel like some yeah. of these techniques are going to go away as well? Did, did, I, did I sort of hear in there? I'm not sure if I did hear it or <laughs> not, so let me clarify. But did I hear in there that you think that maybe some of these techniques – could be something that could sort of AI might assist with in, in future. Is that what I heard? Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously the tech, um, the technology will keep evolving. The things, look, I'm going to give a very basic example. If maybe I don't know how many years or years ago, what business analysts were expected to do was to document or write down the requirements. Yeah. And possibly we didn't have computers, then probably the best business analyst is somebody who wrote very well, uh, pen and paper, had a great handwriting that everybody could <laughs> read, whether this project manager, <laughs> testers or developers. And then all of a sudden, somebody brings these things like, oh, yeah, there's a computer now. You can actually type. It doesn't matter what your handwriting is like. The fonts, you know, mm. uh, define. And then maybe somebody's out of a job because they had a great handwriting and that doesn't matter anymore. 
so for me the tools are just they will be what they will be the technology will always evolve and you know it basically helps us to be more productive and obviously there's a lot of productivity tools that are being enabled with ai but i think then uh, to your point the soft skills the 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 capacity for us to to interact and to kind of um, find value in interactions and kind of expose that value and help people to kind of be on the same page and move along um, the delivery uh, the, the delivery life cycle those things will always hold regardless of what tools we're using to to actuate the solutions yeah uh, yeah I, I love your analogy <laughs> it, it um it, it reminds me of a thought that i had um uh, it, it, delivering a presentation um, a few years back but at some point there wasn't a printing press so it's much the yeah. same it's much the same as your handwriting to, to computers yeah. so yeah. people you know there was calligraphy and people were writing and then suddenly Gutenberg um, invented yeah. the printing press and yeah. I can imagine at the time that that came, it was enormous disruption. All of these job oh, titles, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, were no longer yeah, yeah. needed. <laughs> it, it just wasn't a thing. Suddenly, like, paper and ink are a thing, um, and it, and it would yeah. have changed. And I'm sure at that time, the people who were around that felt an enormous amount of anxiety about the changes that were happening around them in their professional yeah. space because of the Gutenberg's yeah. introduction of the printing press. And and perhaps we're going through a moment like that at the moment. Um, perhaps, yeah, a big chunk of the BA work does go and then we yeah. need to focus on a different side of this coin. Exactly. So I, um, I think that just as you've kind of explained it, it kind of brings me back to that whole value conversation. So if value is made up of um, different levers and uh, uh, kind of like weights on a balance, we've kind of moved. Maybe what got us in the door was the technical skills, the ability to, you know, uh, manipulate a certain, maybe if it's a software tool or an ability to do a certain technical piece of work. But maybe what keeps us in the door is us shifting in quotes right in this case towards um, you know, the skills that are required in this new context that we live in. And for me, I think that could possibly be the soft skills. Um, yeah, because if everybody knows maybe how to write requirements, is that gonna put BAs out of a job? Yeah, um, another thing that you said earlier, um, actively looking for advantages when you were talking about organizations yeah. in Zimbabwe actively looking for advantages um, it, that's a good trait of a BA too right curiosity um, yeah. adva advantages value I suppose and perhaps another way of saying value sounds a bit like a yeah. mindset that we need to have talk to me about BA mindset and, and, and what sort of mindset we'll have to have going forward in the future if we are to be promoting this value and building these relationships I think I think number one a possibility mindset and by possibility mindset I'm I'm hoping that as we go along and have these conversations and you know ask ourselves the tough questions we move from a place where you know we we're in a bit of an imposter syndrome 
do we even deserve a seat at this table? Are we good enough to be here? Um, how can we keep proving to everyone else around us that we deserve to be here kind of a mindset more to uh, towards a mindset that says, hey, look, we're here already. How can we best um, participate in, in whatever is being co-created right now? How can we best help the people that we are working with? What do we have in our tool in our toolkit that's going to make a difference? How is this um, particular project, this particular initiative going to be different because I'm here and I'm a BA and I have these experiences? I think we've spent a lot of time trying to find ourselves. And I guess, I don't know if for sure we ever will have a day when we say, hey guys, everybody ring the bell. We found it. We've pinned <laughs> the tail on the pony. We know what this is. Or if we just need a, a mindset that says, hey, look, we're going to we're going to accept that there's going to be a certain level of ambiguity and there's always going to be a certain level of flux and that's okay. We're okay with the fact that we're growing, we're always evolving. But for now, we're going to focus on, based on what we know about who we are, where we've come from and what skills and tools we have, what's the best way for us to contribute. And I think I think for me, that's that's that would be a very powerful mindful mind. Um, what do you call it? Mindset. <laughs> uh, mindset shift that we we can have um as bas maybe let's have more conversations about how best can we contribute and maybe a little bit less of do we deserve to be here kind of conversations yeah um yeah i think imposter syndrome like that there's there's almost a lack of confidence like we're not sure we're, yeah. we're teetering yeah. on the edge i like the idea okay. of, of showing yeah. up with a little more oomph you know and saying yeah. here we are we know yeah. we can have some value yeah. to that. yeah yeah you mentioned in there another mindset possibility mindset yeah. i want to come back to that as BAs, one of the things that we do is come up with options, right? You can do it this way or you can do it that way. This way is going to cost this much and take so long and that way is going to cost this much and take so long. We present yeah. options and, and, and we weigh up and we recommend and somebody will make a decision. I feel like options are right in front of us, like they're here. Mm -hmm. They're a course of action that we need to take now possibilities yeah. sound a little further away to me that's why it sort of jumped at me i'm thinking possibilities is yeah. a bit more future thinking you know it's a little more mm. just open-minded and experimental um yeah. it means that we perhaps have to look at the horizon right because i feel like we sort of look on what's right under our nose most of the time but perhaps we have to lift yeah. our, our yeah. head up and look to the horizon which yeah. leads me nicely to you know what sort of things do you do do you see on the horizon? I mean, I know there's there's AI. Um, you can talk about that if you want to, but I'm wondering also if there's perhaps anything else that you see on the horizon. Um, for for BA, uh, interesting. I think uh, definitely right now AI is kind of like uh, the big thing. But what I kind of see on the horizon is hopefully um, BA is staking a claim in the C-suite. Okay. And by staking a claim, 
I don't necessarily mean um, us getting the title. Uh, I don't know what the title would be, uh, uh, executive PA or something like that. I don't know. But more having a seat to influence at the C-suite level. I think a lot of um, what we have right now, which is really great that we even do get the access to, is a lot of access to Swiss, to C-suite, to pretty much kind of get the, the the DNA of what they want done and, you know, facilitate that happening. That's, I think that part is, is very well covered and well done in this day and in this age. And what I hope is if we've been, if we keep doing great work with the guys in C-suite, hopefully we get ourselves to a point where we get invited to the table. And um, I think invited is kind of the nice way of putting it. But otherwise, we just probably need to get up there, uh, pull a seat, pull a chair, <laughs> and make ourselves comfortable owning um, a bit of that uh, strategy piece. And the reason I say this is because, uh, and this is my thinking, I feel like maybe a, a piece of why we feel like maybe we, we don't get a chance to influence uh, uh, as much as we can or possibly to, to have as much respect as we think we should have as a profession is possibly because we don't own the risk as much as we possibly could. I think as BAs, when once we ask for a seat at the C-suite, then we're possibly we're saying, "Hey guys, this is uh, um, this is the whole pie called risk. We are willing to eat the pie and to own a piece of this risk with you guys and be part of the team and walk, you know, shoulder to shoulder with um, with everybody else who's on that table." So I'm talking about BAs being in a position where we can also influence and also be part of the strategy and also own KPIs that directly impact on strategy. And I think for, once we're able to get into that level where we, we, we are, we're stakeholders at that level, we also own risk, then we can also have a voice that uh, actually counts and that matters. And possibly organizations can drive better outcomes because it's no longer we discover value somewhere down the chain. We actually discover value right at the beginning where the hard conversations are being had, where um, we're baking in value and all the things that we bring as BAs into the initial conversations that are building these organizations and building those objectives that we work so hard to, you know, to meet and to satisfy. So, yeah, I think. Yeah. That, that, that's a really interesting idea. Um, I, I know in your response you dropped the words KPIs. I was just thinking, how yeah. can I just steer, steer you towards KPIs? But but you brought us here, um, so thank you. I, that that's a really interesting idea. Okay, so yeah, some some we we do as BAs we have access from from the top to the bottom. You know, we're we're, we're yeah. We're that chameleon who can sort of blend in and, and speak because it's that relationship building so we can know the words, you know, how, how to build rapport with people. Um, yeah. so, so we sort of already do have a little in. Um, yeah. And, yeah, your idea of walking in, sitting down and making yourself at home, you know, yeah. um, putting, <laughs> put, putting your feet on the table almost without being yeah. asked – I was, I was thinking, yeah, okay, but then, then you gave a really good strategy to do that. What are the KPIs that matter to them 
and please give yeah. me ownership of those KPIs, or not necessarily all of them, yeah. one or two of them, yeah. and yeah. let me go away and, and, and find some answers to make these KPIs better. As you say, you're taking some ownership. You're yeah. sort of putting some stake in the game. Um, yeah. yeah. What kind of KPIs might you consider? What, what sort of things? Because you also then mentioned... Um, that we've perhaps got some lower level KPIs that we typically focus on. It might be the efficiency of a process. It might be a number yeah. of um, dodgy products that are produced errors, returns, you know, it's all sort of low level, still metrics, right? KPIs. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but what yeah. sort of ones at the top might we, might we start to play with? Uh, now I feel like I should have done some homework before I came. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> um, off the top of my head, you know, I, I think I'm looking at um, the CEO as, you know, the, the head of that uh, C-suite or the board of, um, of execs. And obviously he has KPIs. I, I know they probably have KPIs around um, financial deliverables, the, the P&L. They're probably going to own that. They, we've got people sitting there who are owning some stake in the marketing. There are people are owning some stake in, you know, uh, product delivery etc i think for for a ba we probably want to be in a space where yeah possibly close to how our products perform in the market so yeah we could also possibly take on some of i think that's probably going to depend on the organization really at the end of the day but just off the top of my head maybe we're looking at things like a, a part of that profit and loss is our products that we're pro- um, producing in the delivery life cycle achieving the the kps that the business is looking at are they being profitable are they having enough sign-ons if that's what we're using to measure are they um, uh, hitting the retention marks etc and if we can get to a place where we can define what those kpis are and possibly match through how the BA's work has impacted on those right through, then um, I think that would be a success of sorts. And that would allow us to get into that conversation. Right now, I feel like the KPIs are put on the project. And so whoever owns the project, if there's a program manager or a program exec or whatever, the CIO or whoever owns that piece is the one who gets um, the, the flag for it if it, doesn't work or the cookbooks for it if it does work but also as a result it kind of puts the ceiling on what the BAs can contribute to that specific conversation because at the end of the day it's just going to be oh yeah the project team did this but what did the BA do specifically and can we trace that value right through to you know the highest level of um, uh, business objectives that we're going for if we can then maybe this person needs to be also influencing or contributing to, to this conversation about how we mold those um, decisions at that level. So I know I haven't given you a specific set. I'll probably need to go back, sit down and figure <laughs> this out. And maybe I might just come back to you and say, hey, Joe, I figured out. I know the KPIs now. No, but I think I think your answer was good. Uh, you know, there is a PNL, there is finance. Um, yeah. The numbers that appear on there are a result of sort of product of sales of, you know, yeah. margin. Um, 
of customer, of retention, of of things like that. There's probably also yeah. some other ones too around innovation perhaps and they'll of course be those ones that are around sort of process improvement i guess i just said the balanced um business scorecard there and perhaps we'll have some more to do with um the planet earth society ethics i think i do think that's um gonna grow i'm actually gonna drop something in here um i mean coming in coming into this series of shows um (laughs) i had a few ideas and i've just like there's a couple of things and I've just been thinking like, when's the right time to drop this in? Like if somebody gets close to something that I've been thinking about and I feel like, <laughs> I feel like yeah. you might've come to the close, uh, come the closest on this one. Yeah. An entrepreneur, an entrepreneur is about building a business, right? But they've probably got yeah. skin, skin in the game. The entrepreneur yeah. is somebody inside in an existing organization but probably with that entrepreneurial mindset you talked about kpis you talked about owning some risk like being a part of it earlier you mentioned the actively looking for advantages i feel like you've given me a lot of little dots that sort of build up (laughs) to a bit of an entrepreneurial ship definition what do you think about that i think a hundred percent and I think uh, that would business analysis by its very nature lends itself a lot to entrepreneurial um, uh, mindset and, and capabilities. And to some extent, I mean, depending on, on how much scope um, a specific organization will give you, you kind of do run a little business inside of the bigger business of the organization. Because uh, look at it this way, you are there when strategy is is kind of um, made and handed down and uh, you kind of own realize, the realization or the actualization of that strategy. And strategy basically cuts across, right? From number one, what is the service? What's the product? To number two, how are we going to measure it being successful and all those things? And number three, how are we going to deliver it? Who are we delivering it to? All those things these techniques, these skills, these tools that we use as BAs that kind of touch and try to answer those questions for the different stakeholders around the project. And yeah, 100% that would very much be entrepreneurial. I think what, what that, for me, hearing you say that, what that takes me to is back to the issue of license again mm. and responsibility. How much does the organization trust you or trust us as a, a profession as BAs to own that and how much of it do they trust of trust us to go out and make decisions around and the more we can kind of prove that yes it's perfectly fine you can give a business analyst um you know just hey this is what we're looking to do and then let them go and figure out all the little bits and pieces that make that thing happen and actually let them run with it or build a team around that mm. and deliver that thing, then I think we're, we're kind of shifting. Right now, it's, I feel like business analysts sit in, in as obviously as part of the team in a corner as a consultant. So I will go to this guy to ask him his thoughts and his ideas or to ask him to kind of uh, illustrate a certain value or a certain attribute of the value chain for me just to confirm my thinking, but I will keep ownership of this thing. And again risk for it and go and make sure that it's delivered but possibly 
that's something that I could hand over to this guy if I trusted them enough and I know that they're capable of doing it and if they've proven that they, you know, consistently deliver um, the value. So that for me happening is probably at an institutional level as BAs across um, the different levels that we work, we need to keep putting ourselves forward to say, hey, look, we're available and we're willing to do this. We And we can illustrate that value delivered. Yeah. I, yeah. I think uh, as you're talking, you know, it, it, as you're saying, you know, have we got the license to yeah. do it? And um, yeah. it's not to say that the get, getting our license is, is any time, anytime soon but I think for me a a mindset is a behavior Mm. that we have to demonstrate that just starts to lead us down the right paths and we might be walking down those paths for a little while but um, Mm. at at least it's it's the right path Um, a a word that you used in your response if you've possibly said it in under a different guise in this yeah. but that's fluidity like fluidity oh, yeah. of BAs and skills and and even now with this entrepreneur and you're talking about we'd need a degree of fluidity wouldn't we in, mm. in sort of exercising yeah. this kind of mindset yeah yeah 100% um, and again I like the word fluidity that you bring in because for me it goes back to uh, one of the key points that we talked about before that as we go forward, it looks like, for me, fluidity is kind of like a soft skill. So your ability to recognize the context in which you're operating and how best to exercise your skills or to to, um, to present yourself in a certain context. And again, that's probably not going to be like a hard skill that I'm actually going to put on a on a you know on some framework on a canvas on on my computer and say, "Oh, this is the fluidity uh, construct in etc." It's it's for me more a soft skill. Your ability to you know recognize the opportunity, your ability to then um, uh, adjust whatever needs to be adjusted so that you you operate at that level. And I think again emphasizes the point that for BAs as we go forward. Possibly, we need to kind of re- have a relook at some of those soft skills that used to be complementary, and see which ones become a bit more fundamental as we move forward. Because again, the demands of the business are changing. The stuff that we used to bring that maybe was hard skills, you know, are getting passed on to tools and to technology. You know, platforms as a service. For example, maybe a few years back you would have a BA full-time on a project and uh, basically what whoever has contracted them was doing was building a website. But now we've got all these platforms and they just say, hey, look, no code, build yeah. a website. And if our definition of a BA is somebody who sits between the technical team developers and the business, and in this case, the business and the developers have become one person because they're using a no code platform as a service solution then where does that leave the BA? Does it mean that there is no value from a from a BA professional operating in that project? I think there is. It's just a little bit different from, you know, what it's been before. And the ability to recognize that and know what changed and how best to represent myself becomes that fluidity um, I think that you're referring to. And I think, yeah, that that's one for the future, definitely. That's one for the present, actually. Yeah. It is for now. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Sense and respond would be what what I heard from you um, with this fluidity. So go in, understand the context, and know what's required in that context. It's it's, it's, it's uh, let me sense it, let me respond to yeah. it, and, and and then that takes my brain to a to a question. Just just a quick question to end off on on yeah. here to methodologies because methodologies yeah. are hard, right? We follow yeah. methodologies. A, yeah. then B, then C. Yeah. So, 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 you know, you, you mentioned use cases earlier, but also they might yeah. not be, they will evolve, who knows, in eight years' yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> do, do, do you think we might see less need for methodologies in our work because we do need to have the fundamental soft skills, the fundamental techniques know what the situation calls for know which one to apply and if that's in us then we don't need a recipe book to tell us how to do it <laughs> okay so i don't know if methodology is exactly the same with frameworks because I've, I've been playing around in this framework uh, space <laughs> of late so that's kind of what i related to the most and for me, I think in reality, we need a way to organize the world. So there will be space for methodologies. I can't say always. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. But I think methodologies and frameworks allow us a construct in which we can have a common or a shared um, understanding. So maybe how we use them is probably what changes, whereas uh, previously, maybe they've come in and in some context have been prescriptive. So use this methodology or this framework to get this output. Obviously, the methodology was developed at a point in time and there was a context around it. And so it applied. Maybe now we look to the methodology or framework to organize our thinking. And then using those skills that we've said, we're kind of nurturing going into the future. We decide which bits and pieces make sense to carry through in this particular um, uh, interaction or whatever project or uh, activity that you're facilitating and which bits of that maybe is not necessary to carry through. Yeah. And then again, we've shifted the conversation from I did the methodology, which is possibly operational and somebody yeah. needs to look over it and say, hey, did you do the methodology or the framework correctly? Two, I've delivered the work that entrepreneurial um, perspective that you were talking about. And we've shifted the conversation from, I needed permission from somebody to say, hey, look, I've looked over your methodology or whatever, you've done it correctly. It's gone to, hey, I've delivered a piece of value and this is what I did, which means I had license to kind of pick and choose and drop and, you know, uh, and uh, what do you call it? I'm trying not to use the word pimp, <laughs> customize. <laughs> 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 my solution <laughs> okay um okay yeah we, we, we've got to look for the yeah. value in this stuff right yeah. and see see if there is yeah. still value yeah. in this stuff when we look to give um value yeah, yeah. this word values come up a lot in our conversation tonight and it's going to come up one more time <laughs> i'm gonna thank you for the value okay. that you yeah. you gave gave this conversation tonight um it's, it's been wonderful talking to you as always samuel thanks for coming on um i appreciate you being here no thanks a lot joe i think uh, i've had a lot of uh, fun just kind of uh, 
picking into the future and just um, just also hearing your thoughts and your insights around uh, these questions that you've you've posed. I think they're quite interesting. I still need to go back and look at the KPIs for strategy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's a little bug I have. <laughs> as I say, I, I have the easier job of the two of us because I get to ask the easy question and you have to answer the answer that, which is, is somewhat more difficult but um thanks again yeah, sam yeah. it's great seeing you i look forward to our paths crossing again